Hi, I'm Kristen Wagner, the Editor-in-Chief of Lehigh Valley Style. Welcome back to the LV Edit, where we take you behind the scenes at the magazine and celebrate life in the Lehigh Valley. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited to share my conversation with Dr. Kristen Benson. Kristen focuses on a functional medicine approach, practicing right here in the Lehigh Valley out of the Bethlehem Medical Arts Building. You may know her as the FODMAP doctor. She's the author of The Cool Girl's Guide to the FODMAP Diet, and her advice for gut health is featured in our June edition of Lehigh Valley Style. In this episode, we talk about making wellness a lifestyle, and she gives listeners really useful tips and tools and inspiration to do exactly that. I know you're going to love this conversation. Let's get into it. Okay, Dr. Kristen Benson, welcome to the LV Edit Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Hi, Kristen. I'm so excited to be here. It's going to be a great time together talking about health and gut health, all good things. Yes. And you were recently featured in the Living Well column of our June edition. Our Living Well section, it's bi-monthly. It covers health and wellness. And this month's piece focused on gut health, which made you the perfect expert to include. Um, Everyone listening can go read that piece in our edition on newsstands now or go online to lehighvalleystyle.com and check it out there. Uh, But shortly after we went to print on the June edition, I attended the open house for Copper House events, and I actually got to meet you in person for the first time. That was a great event, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, my gosh. It was so fun. And you were so warm and so kind. And I thought, all right, got to have her on the podcast. Um, So I'm excited to have you here. Yeah, I'm so glad we were able to connect. I'm so glad. It's great. I want to start out by talking a little bit about your health and wellness journey. Um, I'm wondering if you can talk about kind of the years of frustration that led you to become what style writer Susan Bianchi described in the article as an active participant in your own healing. Yeah, I love that. She did such a great job writing that article. It was just, it was really fantastic. But yeah, so I definitely understand being a patient. Um, When I was in college, I started experiencing a lot of incredibly frustrating and pretty debilitating symptoms. Um, I had a lot of gut dysfunction and digestive issues. And um, I was struggling with fainting like pretty frequently, which is just not really very cool when you're in college to be fainting. Right. uh, Right. (laughs) And, um, you know, also just a lot of hormone imbalance and overall my body just was really falling apart. And I was having such a hard time finding practitioners who could help me to understand what was at the root of my condition and what was triggering it. Um, and it took a lot of time and energy and At that time, I think um, conditions like gluten intolerance or celiac disease or POTS, they just weren't as readily understood and diagnosed. And so I really suffered for years without having any good answers. I feel like I actually had more questions than I had answers the more practitioners that I saw. Um, And thankfully, we started kind of going in more of a 
functional or alternative type route. And that's really where I began to see progress and, um, you know, find answers to my conditions and find the help that I really needed the most. So yeah, I was diagnosed with um, celiac disease and then also um, POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Something a lot of people are more familiar now with because um, that's often a part of like post-COVID syndrome. But at that time, it was, you know, in order to be diagnosed, it was a tilt table test at Johns Hopkins Hospital. And um, just a lot of the testing or understanding of it just wasn't as, um, it just wasn't as available. So thankfully, um, with the help of these providers, I just began to understand how I could take charge of my own health. And um, I found a lot of relief with chiropractic care. I found a lot of relief with um, nutritional strategies and a functional medicine type approach. And thankfully, I was able to really get my life back. You know, I was told I'd never have children and I currently have two. And I was told I probably wouldn't be able to really live a normal life. And um, thankfully, I can run every day and, um, you know, enjoy my work and have a family and all these things that I never really imagined could happen for me. So I understand intimately what patients go through because I've absolutely been there. And I feel like for a lot of the conditions that they're struggling with, I've actually struggled with. And I understand the significant impact that changing your lifestyle and changing your approach to food can have on um, the quality of your life. And, um, and I really believe that conditions are conditional. And if we can find the right conditions, conditions, you know, that the patient's condition will change and they really can heal. Um, you know, if, if they're really giving their body what it needs the most, the body has an incredible ability to heal. And, uh, it really is just about finding for that patient, what their body individually needs in order for it to have its best possible genetic expression. So, yeah. And I mean, I can totally relate to having like question mark symptoms and Mm. issues and going from like doctor to doctor and getting you know, poked and prodded and all of these tests and things and, you know, either not getting any answers or getting some answers and not feeling like they're the right answers. And like you said, it's, it's really exhausting as the patient. Um, so it's, it's incredible that you've found this pathway for yourself and, and now you're providing it for so many others. Um, can you talk about how that health journey ultimately led to a career shift for you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I always said along the way that, you know, if I ever find someone who really helps me to heal, I'm going to do what they do. And I'm going to help others because I just, I felt so really hopeless and helpless at the time. And, um, and so I was actually a theater major. So I was theater and (laughs) pre-law was, you know, my backup plan if theater didn't work was I was going to be an attorney, you know, but, um, but needless to say, you know, um, I, yeah, I actually had to drop out of school for a year and, um, you know, as I was trying to figure this out and, you know, in, in that time, I really gained a lot of clarity on what I wanted to do with my life. And, and that's really when I began to kind of pursue with reckless abandon, um, (laughs) these different pathways and to be able to educate people on, you know, the alternatives that are out there. And I think for a lot of chronic illness, especially for women, a lot of times they're kind of like pushed aside and said, well, there's really, you know, we can't really do anything and no diet doesn't matter and lifestyle doesn't matter. And we start hearing those things and we start owning them. And 
I just became really passionate about wanting to help other um, people, but especially women to be able to explore these other pathways. And so my then fiance at the time, um, he was, he had gotten his master's in biomedical engineering and he was working as a research engineer at the Kessler Institute where Christopher Reeves was. And um, I thankfully was able to convince him that we both needed to pursue this chiropractic pathway. <laughs> and so the two of us, you know, um, you know, we, we did all of the required um, courses to get into the program and um, were able, thankfully, to successfully, you know, go in that direction. And from there, um, after the doctor of chiropractic degree, then I pursued a master's degree in nutrition and then um, certification in biofeedback and then uh, IFMCP, which is Institute for Functional Medicine Certified Provider. So we really wanted to cover the bases and give people a really, um, you know, well-rounded but focused like approach to their health and get all the education and knowledge that we could get to be able to help people. So, yeah. And I, I did want to ask you, you know, if, if listeners go to your website, they will see the Benson Health listed there. And, and can you kind of talk about what falls under that umbrella of kind of what, wh how many different things clients yes. can come to you for? Yeah, no, absolutely. And so um, my husband, Dr. Scott Benson, he, um, he really focuses on like manual therapy and, you know, chiropractic care and providing more of a, you know, structure based approach, which is so is so important. Um, and then I really focus on functional medicine and nutrition. Um, and I really come at the body from that approach. So together, we make a really great team. And we, we have other providers that we work with, too. But, um, you know, the two of us feel pretty confident being able to handle a lot of these more, you know, chronic type conditions that people are, are dealing with. So yeah, we work together, uh, you know, and really help to manage patients together. And it's, it's a good collaborative, a good, good collaborative approach. So, but we also, um, we also started, um, Benson health publishing. So we started like our own little small publishing type company. And that's where I published, um, the cool girl's guide to the FODMAP diet. And we also do corporate wellness. So, um, and different speaking events. So there's kind of a lot that we are putting under this umbrella of Benson Health. Um, but yeah, we love doing all of it together. And I'm, I'm just so thankful that, you know, that I have him too. And he's been on this journey just right alongside of me and, you know, been so supportive along the way. So it's, it's pretty great. That's so great. And you did just mention the Cool Girl's Guide to the FODMAP Diet, which I wanted to talk to you about today. Yes. I Love the title so much. Oh, and good. <laughs> I wanted to see if you could explain the title and then get into the term FODMAP and, and what a low FODMAP diet entails. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'd love, I'd love to talk about it. And so as I was thinking about this book, so how it all kind of got started was I was really feeling quite well <laughs> for many, many years, you know, and uh and then I had my second son and I had um, a condition called mastitis as I was breastfeeding him many times. And I was on a lot of courses of antibiotics. And as a result, I developed more gut dysfunction myself. <laughs> so, and oh. I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, oh my goodness, like, you know, this is what I do. And I should just be able to figure out what is creating this gut dysfunction. 
And so I came across a great paper, um, you know, as I was kind of querying, we had a little time away from our kids and um, we were heading down to DC and on the way, I'm just like going through all of the latest research, you know, on, on functional gut, dis- you know, functional gut dis- disorders and issues. And, and I came across right. the, the, the low FODMAPs diet and I'm like, how have I never heard of this? And so I started um, looking, you know, kind of diving deeper into it. And at that time, no one was talking about this. You know, it was not um, kind of readily a part of the gastrointestinal equation that I was hearing. And it was actually researchers in Australia who were publishing this information. And it seemed much more popular there and also in the UK. And so um, as soon as we got down to D.C., which is where we were heading, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just try like really changing, uh, you know, my food approach again and and see what, what goes on with this low FODMAPs diet. And um, right away, I started feeling better like that weekend. You know, it was like unbelievable. Wow. I went from having like significant bloating and distension and abdominal pain. And and like within the weekend, it was gone. And I'm thinking to myself wow, (laughs) this is great. (laughs) And so then I started, of course, introducing it in practice, you know, and to the patients that, you know, sometimes people were refractory, they just weren't getting better. And, um, and so I started using it clinically. I'm like, sure enough, people were just getting better. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So I wanted to write a book about it. And in thinking about what I wanted to title the book, I think there's a lot of stigma around gut dysfunction, right? So if you come into the office and you say, ah, oh, like I have the worst headache, like, oh my goodness, my head is just killing me today, right? People are mm-hmm. like, oh man, that's too bad. And, but if you come in and you say like, my gas and bloating and diarrhea is just awful this morning, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> that's just not like typical, right? It's just not really no. a part of the conversation. And, you know, I think for, for many people, it's even um, a matter of, um, feeling shy about talking to their doctor with regards to these kinds of symptoms. And, and so I wanted to make it cool. (laughs) And I think for many girls and women, especially they tend to shy away from it the most. And so I wanted to just help people, you know, help, help, especially young women, because of course men deal with gut dysfunction too. <laughs> so, and I've had like many say, what, how come you didn't write the cool guy's guide, you know? So, <laughs> but I think um, it really is more women who, you know, struggle with these kinds of symptoms. And I think, again, just there can be a little bit of stigma around it. So I was trying to help girls feel more comfortable, you know, with, um, with these issues and then realizing that there could be a solution to the um, discomfort that they were experiencing. So that's kind of the backstory behind the book. I love that. And I mean, also, I think probably men are more comfortable talking about they their, tend to be. those, yes. those <laughs> issues. And, you know, so it, I, I think it makes perfect sense. And I know that you got into it in the piece with um, Susan in our June edition, but could you give like a, a brief overview of the low FODMAP diet. It's so funny. Every time I've said it, someone has said like, what does that mean? And I was like, oh my gosh, it stands for so many things that I cannot pronounce. (laughs) No, absolutely. It's quite a mouthful. So, um, so it's fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. (laughs) That's why we just say FODMAP, right? 
Much cooler. So, um, yeah. So what we're looking at is um, reducing the load of fermentable carbohydrates in the gut. And so, you know, when you have changes, especially in the gut microbiome, and when I say microbiome, so you're actually more bacterial than you are cellular, right? So we have like more bacterial DNA than we have human DNA. And, and that, and that bacteria, um, that microbiome, it's like a fingerprint, like it's totally unique to you, but it, and it changes, you know, it changes based on, you know, what you eat and how stressed you are and how much sleep you're getting. And there's a lot of different factors that play a role in that microbiome and the health of the microbiome. And so, you know, we're just kind of, I feel like at the tip of the iceberg, but we're really beginning to understand, you know, how, what we eat and how we eat has a significant um, impact on how we feel and how our gut is functioning. And so the way that I think about it, it's like you've got a pot on the stove and the pot's just about to boil over. And so the pot is full of FODMAPs, right? So all carbohydrates to some degree are fermentable, but some carbohydrates are just more highly fermentable than others. And so when we introduce a lot of those fermentable carbohydrates into a sensitive system, it's like you've got your pot just like at the right at the boiling point and you add like a little touch of onion and the next thing you know, it's like <laughs> the whole pot is subsequently erupting. And so what the goal is, is to reduce the load of fermentable carbs. So usually we do this over like a 30 or 45 day period of time. Usually 30 is sufficient. Um, and in my personal case, it was like a weekend, you know, so right. you lower that, um, you lower the fermentable carbohydrate pot down to a simmer over that time period. And then you systematically work those foods back in and you do it in a way that you can really tell which foods are triggering and then which foods you need to perhaps continue to eliminate or to reduce. And it's also like a portion dependent thing. So sometimes people can eat smaller portions of foods that are higher FODMAPs to kind of keep their load low. Um, but as they do that, it can really help with a lot of um, gastrointestinal issues. And I've, I've seen, you know, kind of personally in my practice, um, this be really effective, not only for like IBS, but SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which I see a lot of, and, um, and also um, inflammatory bowel conditions, autoimmune conditions, um, and even post-COVID, helping patients with post-COVID brain fog. So um, I've really been seeing it be pretty applicable in a lot of different clinical situations and people getting good, good results. But I always separate out diet from food approach. And so when we're talking about a healthy food approach, um, you know, I think there's certain things we can all do to help our gut microbiomes and our health in general. And, um, and so those kinds of things like, you know, eating from the earth and not a test tube, really trying to focus on foods that don't have labels. And if they do have labels, looking to reduce or eliminate um, added sugar and numbers like red dye number 40 or polysorbate number 80 and chemicals. Um, so there's certain things that we can all do to improve our gut microbiome, but we need to separate that out. Sometimes people need a diet and a diet in my mind is something that we do kind of for a shorter period of time to a clinical end to see, you know, what foods your body's reacting to and what foods your body comfortably tolerates. And for every single person that needs to be individualized. And like, just because a food is healthy, it doesn't necessarily make it the healthiest right food for your body. And so I feel like it's so important to have 
an individualized approach um, to food. And so um, that's kind of where the FODMAP diet fits in. Again, it's meant to be temporary and it's meant to really help people identify what foods are triggering them. Right. And then I guess that kind of segues into one's lifestyle. And I know you talked about, you know, getting enough sleep or how much sleep you're getting affecting some of these symptoms. And it kind of comes back to your motto, which is wellness through lifestyle. So I feel like you've been alluding to that a lot, even in your responses, um, you know, that the diet is something that's temporary and only happens for a small period of time to, to figure out the root causes, but then it's really implementing it into your lifestyle. So I'd love if you could talk a little bit about that and, and how it wellness through lifestyle manifests itself in your own day to day. Yeah, absolutely. And so the way that I look at it, it's like your life is like this long movie and the cells are like the actors and then your genes are like the script. And so for every person, they have a different genetic script. Um, But we know, like if we're watching a movie, it's not just the actors and the script. There's more to it, right? There's more to it. And that's the director. So we need to have these, um, we need to have a good director in order to have a great movie, right? Because you could even have a pretty good script or you could have some great actors, but if you don't have a good director, the movie could really fall apart. Um, And so what, what we think of those directors, that's epigenetics. So epigenetics is how your genes are expressing based on lifestyle. And what I key in on with patients and in my own health and the life, you know, of our family too. So first and foremost is food. And so food is information that is turning on and off genetic expression. And so we can just leverage food for our health and for our well-being. And I think for so many people, we're not just after um, lifespan anymore, but we want wellspan, right? We want to feel great and live well as we age. And so food is just a huge fundamental part of that. And then it's movement and movement is life too. Like if you stop moving, you stop living. And so it's incorporating in movement, you know, every single day. And so for in our family, um, like if you're asking kind of how we incorporate or how I incorporate it in particular. So yeah. for example, yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're really focused on food and it's not to say that we don't love to, you know, eat great tasting food, but I think we're very focused on like loving food because of what it's doing for our body as well. <laughs> and saying, you know what, like, even if the taste isn't my absolute favorite, like I love what this food does for my body and for my health. And so I think it's kind of reframing the way that you're looking at food. And it's not to say that food can't be connection and pleasure and, um, you know, so many other things, which I understand it is, but from a health perspective, it's saying, how do I eat the healthiest, best foods for my body? So I have that best genetic expression. And so our family is just really dedicated to getting a wide variety of different kinds of foods and focusing on not eating um, added sugar or numbers or chemicals like I was talking about before, you know, and just really um, keeping um, kind of front of mind, um, you know, just the quality of the food that we're eating and, you know, looking to eat organic whenever possible. So we're, we're really committed to that, like as a family. And then for movement, I think like at least 30 minutes of movement every day for every member of our family is non-negotiable as well, you know? So, um, and that looks different for each of us, but that's, it's, it's also important, you know, and the next major epigenetic factor is, um, sleep. 
And so I think making sleep a, a priority is also really important, you know, not only for gut function, but also for immune function and brain health. And um, it, it's, it's just a really important piece of piece of the puzzle, unquestionably. And, uh, and we also look to stress and how that impacts the body. And it's huge. And I think, um, I think the idea of managing stress is, um, yeah, that's like really hard. I don't know Mm -hmm. anybody who's really managing stress. (laughs) I mean, it's like, there's just so much of it out there. Yes. You can't stop it. It's like a global pandemic. It's like, you know, it's all of these things that are going on. And so I think for us to really think, oh, I'm going to manage my stress today. It's like, well, you know, good luck with that. (laughs) I think it's important to recognize, though, there are things that we can do to transform the way that our body is processing that stress. And so I think it's important to kind of separate that out. And so I really teach patients stress transformation strategies because I I see, I mean, I don't think that there has been a patient like in the last few years who hasn't like checked the anxiety box on intake. And so I know this is an area everyone just seems to really need to key in on. So stress transformation is another big part of that. So in our family, you know what that looks like, you know, we definitely um, take time for rest. And I think rest is different than sleep. So that's, you know, engaging in activities that bring you energy, spending as much time like outdoors as we possibly can together. And, um, I think also I, um, I really like wearable devices like Apollo neuro, or we'll use heart rate variability biofeedback. And that's something that, you know, we teach patients breathing exercises. So we've got a lot of tools at our disposal at our disposal for stress transformation, um, adaptogenic herbs. And, and so that's something I very much not only incorporate into my personal, but also, you know, practice life too. And then, um, you know, the last part of this is, you know, exposure to environmental toxins. So, um, we kind of live in a toxic soup, right? So it's like, it's really (laughs) helping the body to, um, to reduce that toxin like load and exposure. And, um, and so we really key in on choosing products that are, um, I love the environmental working group. So if you go to ewg.org. Um, or the Think Dirty app, those are really good places for people to get started to start identifying what kind of toxins are in their um, shampoo and their um, toothpaste and cleaning products. And um, I'm a huge fan of the Air Doctors, so we use those in um, every room in our house and in our practice. I think that's another helpful tool. And following the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15 focusing on um, organic, when it comes to organic, especially that dirty dozen list and trying to um, purchase those not conventionally, but organically grown. And then also looking at meats and eggs and dairy and and also putting a kind of an emphasis there as well. So those are kind of the main areas, you know, it's, it's food, it's movement, it's sleep and stress transformation, reducing exposure to environmental toxins. And that when you're really kind of keying in and you've got all of those areas kind of humming, it really gives your body the best opportunity for its best possible genetic expression. So that's kind of how wellness fits in both in practice, but also in our um, personal lives too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It, it, It seems so simple, right? It's like food, sleep, stress, movement. And I mean, it, you gave so many great tools and and tips for 
approaching all of that. Um, I agree with what you said about stress. I feel like yesterday I started my day. I, I took our dog for a walk. I listened to my walking meditation. I was like kind of getting over this sinus thing I've been dealing mm. with. And I was like feeling really great. I was like diving into all of my emails, like feeling good at work. And then it was like by the end of the day, I was so stressed out and just like <laughs> yes. so edgy and fit to be tied. And I was like, no, like this was not, this was not the trajectory of my day. Like, why am I so stressed? Yes. So yeah. I really, I like your, your tips for, for that. And when it comes to food, I feel like for me, it's always, it's either like thinking about every single thing as being important or mm -hmm. meaningful that I'm putting into my body, like the way that yeah. you and your family approaches it as, you know, food for nourishment. It's, it's, it always feels like it's kind of all or nothing in that regard. It's like either everything matters and it's like, you know, I'm eating so healthy or it's like, oh, nothing matters. Like, let's order a pizza. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I love listening to you talk about your approach though. And I think it's, it's going to be so inspiring and, and helpful to those listening. And you just, you speak sure. about it so eloquently and have so many great analogies. And now it makes perfect sense to me how all of this in your work has transitioned into speaking opportunities and events and, um, is, did that kind of just organically happen? How how did, yeah. you know, we talked about the um, Benson Health Team umbrella. How did that fall under the umbrella? And what do those experiences look like for attendees? Yes. Well, I think it was kind of natural for me. I think I'd shared at the beginning, you know, I started in musical theater. Yes. <laughs> so I... Um, <laughs> I, I enjoy speaking events and those kinds of um, outlets. It kind of scratches that itch a little bit for me, you know, so. Um, totally. Yeah. Um, and, and it looks, it looks like different, you know, um, kind of, you know, week to week and month to month and year to year, year by year. And obviously um, we've all been through the, you know, COVID pandemic situation and social distancing. And so live events have been a little bit more far and you know, few and far between these days, but, um, you know, especially in the past, there is a lot of opportunities to be able to kind of share this, you know, wellness through lifestyle type of a message. And so, um, you know, colleges and, um, and, uh, corporations and, uh, continuing ed events, you know, it's a lot of opportunity to speak. And I, I think you had mentioned, we met at the Copper House and I had a great opportunity to, um, you know, work with, with Pam Anderson there. And she is just a phenomenal, um, cookbook writer. And, um, and she's just has this incredible hospitality, uh, hospitality gift. And she, um, hosts events at the Copper House, which are really incredible. And so I'm an experienced partner there and we've been able to, um, you know, just put together, um, like a healthy doesn't have to be hard event, you know, where we're teaching all these things. Cause like you're saying, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it's like, okay, these things are kind of, you know, simple. And like, how do we show people like this doesn't have to be hard? Because I think it feels hard for people a lot of the time, you know, um, to start implementing some of these strategies, but it's, it's, it's just showing them. And so, um, so like with that kind of event, it was great because we did, um, we had yoga and then we had food demonstration, like cooking demonstration and, um, you know, some kind of lecture and conversation based, um, you know, uh, 
like it was a lecture and conversation based event. So we were able to um, engage and, and instruct and, and show people, you know, how healthy doesn't have to be hard. So uh, just lots of opportunities for, you know, speaking in, in those kinds of capacities. But I, I enjoy that quite a bit. I can't really get enough of it. So <laughs> I feel like if I'm if I'm speaking to one person about um, their health, it's great because you're really able to help them to you know, change their approach and, and really see a difference in their health. But it's even, I feel like better when it's a, it's a whole room full of people and they're absorbing this message. And I, I, I always hope people are taking a lot away from it and able to say, you know what, even if they just heard one thing and they can start implementing that one thing, I think it, you know, one thing leads to another thing, which leads to another thing. And the more you feel well, the more that you want to um, engage in wellness type activities. So I, I enjoy being able to, you know, get to um, impart this message to crowds. I like that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And Copper House, the event, it, it was kind of like a retreat, right? Um, and I think that sounds like a great reset for someone looking to change their life. Do you, do you agree that that's a great place to start is with like, you know, an event or, or a retreat, or where would you recommend someone begin if they're looking to change their life or enhance their own wellness, but is feeling overwhelmed, like you said, and like, doesn't know where to start? Yeah, that's such a good question. <laughs> I think, yeah, listen, I think events are always kind of great, right? Because um, you're with other people who maybe have similar goals or mindset, and you can really take time to absorb and, um, you know, especially, yeah, if you could get away and just kind of focus on your own health and well-being and, and just take a few minutes even to just really make that kind of front and center. I, I feel like that is great, but I, I feel like you don't have to attend an event, you know, I, I, mm -hmm. or, you know, have a, um, like have something so specific like that. I, I think, I think just like starting with one, like, I think, like I said, one thing, and even if it's like, just, I'm going to drink green tea today. Like, I'm just going to try green tea. <laughs> and you right. start with something really simple and you try that one thing and you say, you know what? I could do that. And so, okay, well, what's the next thing I can do? Well, let me start reading the list of ingredients, you know, on some of the foods that I'm eating. And oh my, like, you know, there's polysorbate number 80 in here. Like she's neat numbers. Like maybe let me try not to eat the numbers today, <laughs> you know, or, um, I, I think it's really important that we eat brightly colored foods, you know, and I think colorful food for a colorful mood and, um, you know, just looking at that produce aisle. And so maybe you just pick up one new fruit or vegetable you haven't tried before. And I think just making these small changes, they really do make a big difference because, I find that motivation follows action. So I think if you start just acting on it, like, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to try bok choy. I've never had bok choy or, mm -hmm. you know, maybe let me check out this mango. I haven't tried a mango before. Okay. Well now you're doing that and you're like, well, that actually tasted great. And I kind of loved it. So let me try, you know, adding some flaxseed into my oatmeal in the morning. Oh, like not too bad. And I think the more that you act on it and then suddenly you're like, you know what? I am pooping better and that feels great, you know, and mm -hmm. my headaches are going away and I love not having a headache. And, you know, so you start kind of feeling improvements and then that action is going to create a motivation. 
And I feel like the more you act, the more motivated you become. And then the more motivated you become, the more you're going to want to act. And so I think even if you just can start with one thing, I think that's a great thing. I think it's a great way to start. I love that approach. I agree. It's definitely like a ripple effect. Um, and if someone listening is interested in working with you, how how can they do that? And, and what, what does that look like um, for a new client? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I take a very functional um, health approach. And so, um, you know, I'm primarily working with people who want to change their, you know, um, change the way that they're eating and change the way they're living to impact their health. And when people are feeling ready to do that, they can go to my website, which is um, drkristenbenson.com. And, um, you know, there's our phone number there, but also a contact form and they can quickly fill out the contact form and a member of my staff will get in touch with them to schedule their appointment. And right now I'm still working um, primarily virtually, which I feel like is easy for most people as well at this point, which is great. And, um, and so I think that makes it a little bit less daunting too, like embarking yes. on this process from the totally. comfort of your own, your own home. And I, I kind of think that that might be encouraging for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And we try to make the process just really seamless and easy. Um, and then, you know, from there, I just work on an intake with them and we do a really comprehensive um, health history. And so in functional medicine, we do like a timeline. And so we just look at a full timeline of their health, like even starting from when they were young to identify antecedents and triggers and mediators. So antecedents are things that set you up for a certain condition, you know, and, um, and then we look for, you know, what were potential triggering events that might have caused this condition? And then what currently are you doing in your lifestyle that's mediating that condition? And so the way that I look at it, it's like if you've got your foot on a tack and then you go to see the doctor and the doctor says, well, you have foot on a tack syndrome. And here's an Advil. <laughs> like the Advil is going to help to reduce the inflammation and to reduce the pain. And you're like, okay, like great. And then you go home and you take um, the Advil. But like you still have your foot on the tack, <laughs> you know? Right. And so – and with so many autoimmune conditions and with gastrointestinal conditions and a lot of these um, chronic diseases that we're seeing, um, you know, like dyslipidemia or like people have high cholesterol or hypertension or it's like they still just got their foot on the tack and they're taking the Advil. And so what we're really looking to do in functional medicine is say, hey, what is the cause of the cause? Like what is at the root of this condition that you are struggling with? And so um, we do some conventional testing, you know, and it depends on the person. Like some people, we don't do any testing, but for a lot of people, we can do some of those kind of conventional markers to see what's going on. Or maybe they've had some blood work in the past that we can evaluate. And then we take it a step further and we do a lot of um, functional medicine type testing. And so we, we dig a little bit deeper into the microbiome. We do SIBO testing or stool testing. Um, you know, we look at maybe advanced autoimmune markers or, um, you know, we, we're just, we're looking for the cause of the cause. Are there signs of maybe heavy metal toxicity or, um, you know, a mold exposure or it's just like, what is the tack? Like what is causing these symptoms? And I think people are starting to kind of demand that more and more and say, you know what? I'm not like happy to just be taking this medication for 
my condition, you know, whatever that condition may be. And I know a lot of people right now it's anxiety and they're saying, you know what, what other options are available to me? And it, and it's, I think it's just introducing people to these lifestyle options and there are so many of them that are available and getting to the root cause of that condition instead of saying, oh, you know, there's a pill for every ill. We're saying, wait a minute, <laughs> let's really try mm-hmm. to figure out, you know, what is causing it and let's make that change. And that change is then going to make a difference in how you feel. I like that. The the cause of the cause. And I, I think I heard something similar. I was listening to a podcast recently and they talked about like you're saying, how we're almost like muting the our our bodies reacting to something. It's like we're we're muting the expression mm. of that, but we're not actually right. treating what what yes. is causing that. Or like, is it yeah. something even that we need to be muting? But it's like, oh nope, don't want to feel that. Like you know, where get me my next prescription? And it's it's very similar to what you're saying. And I think that that's a really interesting way to look at it. And I think the challenge for so many people is, and and I am in no way, I think the functional health approach needs to complement a conventional approach, right? And so, you know, I, I think though with many of these chronic conditions, what's happening is people will take the medication and then they're suffering with really significant side effects. And they're saying, you know what, this isn't good enough for me. <laughs> I really want to try to see, is there a different way that I can maybe approach this condition that I'm not going to be struggling with these side effects. And there are definitely instances, hands down, where prescription medications are needed and they're life-saving, you know, but this is sort of like a standard of care plus. It's saying, okay, what's the standard of care for this condition? Let's do that. But you know what? Let's give the patient more. Like, let's really try to dig deep into their lifestyle. And for a lot of people too, like they're just like you had shared, like they're not getting answers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I think a lot of times, you know, that functional approach gives them the answers that they're looking for and it gives them a place to feel empowered. And I think it depends on the person. But I think for most people, they want to think, you know what, something I am doing, like, can actually impact how I'm feeling. And so, yeah, like, wow, if I do change, you know, how I'm eating, that really pushes the needle. It really makes me feel differently. Or if I am moving more, like, suddenly I'm not having, you know, all of this chronic pain or, you know, so I, I think it's, I think it's empowering people to say, Hey, listen, if you can make these changes, you are going to feel different because of it. And again, I think then the action is going to motivate them to continue down that path, which is great. I agree. I think it's super empowering and I've written about it before, how I think wellness is this thing that we're all always looking to approve upon. And, and it's a topic that I'm constantly looking to learn more about. It's like, I'll, I love that. I'll click on the link or I'll listen to the podcast or I'll, you know, I'll read the article and, um, you know, it's ever changing and evolving. And I, I think it's just so cool that the thing we're all so perpetually interested in is ultimately making ourselves better and more balanced, healthy humans. So I, I, I just love that. I love that too. Yep. I think you just said that so well. And, um, and I think we want not just lifespan, but we want wellspan, right? We want to not just live long, but we want to live strong and feel great along the way. And I think the more we can learn, you know, I think that the more we can be educated and understanding how our bodies work. And I love this. A lot of people don't, you know, kind of put this together, but the word doctor means teacher. 
And I just take that so seriously. <laughs> you know, it's like, I want to teach you. Let me show you. Let me let, let me let you in on what I know so yeah. that you know it. And you're not just doing it because I'm telling you to. I want to take the time and I want to explain to you why this is going to impact you and how it's going to impact you. And I think there is just an underlying interest and, and enthusiasm and excitement that can be cultivated and developed when people really begin to understand how their body works and how they can have an impact on that function. So I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. I agree. And I, I think it's definitely something that people are taking a more active role in and more open to talking about and learning more about, um, you know, what's going on in their bodies. So I, I agree. And I think you've taught us so much today and <laughs> definitely inspired me to, you know, not order the next pizza. <laughs> Kristen, I love that. But listen, hey, you can do pizza really well. <laughs> you know, it just depends on what you put in it. And that's what I always try to tell people too. Like for most things, we can really find like just a better option to whatever we love the most. And that's been really exciting for me. You know, when I kind of started on this journey in college, it was like, you had to go to some super kind of scary sort of smelly health food store with like one bag of something on the shelf. You know? I was right. like, now it's like, oh my goodness, there are like the options are so abundant and we, there's so many good, um, there's so many good options out there now for really nutrient dense, healthy eating. And so I think like, you can like have your pizza and just, you know, making sure that it doesn't have the sugar numbers and chemicals, maybe a little organic cheese on there. And if you don't tolerate gluten, it's gluten-free, <laughs> but you can, you can totally make it work. You can totally make it work. You're right. Yes, absolutely. Don't eat the numbers. <laughs> don't eat the numbers. That's dumb. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh. Oh, I love it. Well, we end every episode by sharing a recent experience we've had locally. It can be somewhere you went, someone you met, something you did. Um, how about you, Kristen? Does, does anything come to mind? Yes. So, I mean, there's so many things that I, I that really could come to mind, but um, I is it okay if we go a little bit outside the Lehigh Valley? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So um, we were recently at Tyler Arboretum. Have you been there? No, but I've followed on Instagram. It looks so beautiful. Oh my goodness. I mean, it really is just a short drive and um that was our first time there. And we love, I mean, there's so many great places, you know, Chanticleer and um Morris Arboretum. I mean, we've got a lot of great places, but when we talk about like connecting with nature and just I think there's so much healing power in being outside. <laughs> and so yeah. um, I would definitely encourage any listener to check out that Tyler Arboretum and take a short trip there because it is just, it is beautiful, especially this time of year. So that's a really good one. Love it. Uh, well, thank you so much for being here today. I've loved chatting with you. Kristen, um, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much Aww. for having me. It's great. It's been so fun and a fellow, a fellow Kristen. And we spell always it fun. the same, which yes. is, I love that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's special. Ten, ten yes. Club, the 10 the club. Ten club. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, let listeners know where they can find you on social, connect with you offline, find you at an upcoming event, anything that you can plug. 
Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, um, you can find me on my website, drkristinbenson.com and that's K R I S T E N B E N T S O N. And it's a DR at the front of that. Um, and that's also my um, handle for Instagram and you can find me also on Facebook and Pinterest. I'm also known as the FODMAP doctor. So I also have, um, you know, some social media, um, FODMAP recipes on Facebook as well. That's also me. And uh, we have a Don't FODMAP Alone Facebook group for those who are interested in starting a low FODMAPs diet and want to find some community. So that's a, um, that is a private group, but you can just ask to join. And um, let's see. In terms of our physical location, we are located currently in Bethlehem, um, in the Bethlehem Medical Arts Building behind the 512 Wegman. So that's our physical location. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kristen. Well, thank you. It's It's been really fun. It's been really fun. Aw, well, have a great weekend and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. Thanks. Okay, Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dr. Kristen Benson and our first episode for the month of June. You can expect new episodes of the LV Edit every other Wednesday. Until then, follow me at LVStyleKristen on Instagram. I'll talk to you soon.